Welcome to a summer bonus edition of the Northern Business Podcast. I'm Graham Robb of Recognition PR. Before our regular programme resumes its run in autumn, we're giving a few small bonus episodes of the Northern Business Podcast, presented by some of my colleagues at Recognition PR. Thanks, Graham, and welcome to this summer bonus episode of the Northern Business Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Hugh Williams, Headmaster at Yarm School. Hugh, you've had some fantastic A-level and GCSE results over the last week or so. But how have this year's cohort of pupils been affected? Um, the first year since COVID and the first year of, of different marking, has it made a difference to them? Hi, Caroline. Thank you. Yeah, I think it has, although at least here at Yarm, the, the, the results have been really strong despite the return to pre-COVID grading and, and we're delighted with them and our pupils and students um, who've worked really, really hard and have had uh, you know, the same disrupted time as, as many students everywhere else, they, they've come out with fantastic results so we're really pleased for them. But certainly there is a, there is a big shift down from last year where we had public examinations after two years of, of no exams, but last year's grades were, were deliberately set higher than traditionally in terms of the, the pre-COVID grading standards. And we've come down from those again. Um, and that has meant that fewer pupils are getting those very top grades um, and, and the whole spectrum has shifted down. So that has impacted them. Perhaps particularly the, the university applicants who are looking for those places at competitive courses where universities are in a bit of a market and they're looking at students from Wales and, and, and Northern Ireland who, who haven't come down as far towards the pre, pre-COVID grading. And that's, that's definitely had an impact on them. And do you think actually that the teacher assessments were perhaps too generous during and after the pandemic? It's a, it's a really thorny question that. I think teacher assessments, they were done um, in schools in good faith on the whole. And, and there, there will have been one or two schools perhaps who pushed, pushed things too far and were, and were too generous. Um, but on the whole, Teachers had a really difficult job, especially in those first couple of years of COVID, where we were working in large part without guidance because the DfE was trying to catch up with the situation to provide guidance to schools. Um, and then Ofqual gave the overarching guidance for schools to use, and schools implemented that as, as faithfully as they could. But the problem was it was quite vague, so it didn't define exactly which information and, and, and data you could use. So schools tried their best to follow that, but they came up with different methods of doing it. And, and therefore they came up with slightly different outcomes. Um, and there was no oversight that, that standardized the, the scores and the grading between schools. And that's the problem. That's where individual pupils at different schools ended up with different outcomes, even though they were probably broadly, um, you know, they, they should have got the same grades. And that's really not, not very fair. No, it's not, absolutely. And looking to the future, is there an expectation now that that pupils must continue in education after GCSEs, yes, um, is is the is the short answer to that. Um, whether it's in a school or a college studying A levels or or, or B techs or T levels or technical qualifications, or whether it's in other training, it's absolutely the case that sixteen to eighteen year olds have to be in education or training. Um, and and that's again, it's another reason why, to a certain extent, people are looking at qualifications across the country and what what should be compulsory and what GCSEs mean when when actually they're no longer a school leaver certificate because everyone is continuing on into some form of education. So there's quite a lot of thought being given into qualifications and, and, and what their purpose is. And, and moving on to your A-level students, 
What does the post-A-level landscape look like for your students this year? Are they all taking up places at university or is it much broader than that? Well, I mean, the, the university um, success rate of our pupils is terrific and still the vast majority of our students at YARM go to go to universities. You know, we've had great success in, as we do every year, but, but it's been really lovely to see our pupils um, reaching really competitive universities and courses. And actually, more importantly than that, finding the course that suits them. That's that's for me the most important thing is that they're looking, that we're supporting them and they're finding courses that really suit their interests and suit their style of learning and everything else. So that's been really successful with some real highlights for us this year. You know, 15 uh, students getting into medicine, dentistry, veterinary medicine, um, a big proportion going to engineering or to um, other um, really interesting courses. Um, in terms of the landscape, though, it is shifting. So whereas traditionally nearly everyone at Yarm would go to university, actually maybe um, eight of our students this year, I think, have got degree apprenticeships or apprenticeships with um, big companies that are different ways to reaching a professional career that offer those students a different experience, perhaps perhaps with a degree in some cases, but straight into, um, you know, big businesses like PwC or BAE Systems or EY, which stop them getting a university debt, but give them lots of experience on the way. So more of our students are looking at those and the landscape is shifting a bit. And education in general in the Northeast, the percentage of students achieving crop grades fell and it was shown that the Northeast fared worse than other parts of the country in results. What, what can be done? What can be done to that famous phrase? What can be done to level up education in the Northeast? Yeah, if I knew the answer to that in in, in a quick uh, one sentence, um, it would be, I'd be talking to Rishi Sunak, I think. Um, it isn't easy to, to, to think of the answer to that because it's more than individual schools. And it's actually not even, I don't think, a problem for, for schools on their own because these pupils... You know, it's about society. It's about the way their parents engage with their education. It's about the opportunities they have um, right the way through their, their lives to the point of exams. You can't just fix it at the point of exams. You have to fix it much earlier on. And that that is a big question. But but it is deeply unfair. There's no reason really why pupils in the Northeast or indeed in the Southwest should be faring significantly worse than those pupils in the Southeast in terms of the ability of those pupils. But it's about opportunity, it's about funding, it's about the quality of the teaching staff in schools. It's about, um, sadly, I think strikes would have had an impact as well on, on pupils' um, outcomes in schools this year. But, but the Northeast in particular needs aspiration. And that actually, talking about levelling up, that is what's happening at the moment. There is real buzz in the Northeast about some of the projects that are happening that we read about in the press and that we know are, that know are happening. And that, that needs to trickle out into employment, into pride in our region, into people feeling aspirational for their children. And I hope that that we, we start seeing that because the young people in this in this part of the world deserve all the opportunities that anyone else gets. Well, thank you, Hugh Williams, for joining us today. And congratulations to all your students who have achieved so magnificently. Thank you, Hugh Williams, Headmaster of Yam School.